Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series by series check-in for Cubs news, notes, and banter. We are an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of our podcast-related content at at Cup of Cubby Blue, our official Twitter account. I'm Sarah Sanchez, and I'm doing the best I can, but it's really early in the morning because, and I, it's really early in the morning on Thursday, so we're a little earlier than normal, and I am exhausted from a roller coaster Cubs game Wednesday night. Hey guys, I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am so jealous that she was at that game. Yeah, so what? shout out, shout out to a friend of the show, Crawley, because he, um, Really late in the day, actually messaged me and was like, hey, I have an extra ticket. Will you come? And I was like, torn. I, I We're recording early because I'm going out of town. And so I have a six-hour drive to Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa, in a little bit uh, for work. And I was just kind of like, oh, should I? The responsible thing to do is to not go. But it was a functionally free Cubs ticket. And I was like, I will totally regret not going to this game. So I went, even though it was against all of my adult, rational, humans need sleep judgment. <laughs> Let's just be clear about this. I could have had anything happening last night. And if I got offered a free ticket, I would have went 100%. So <laughs> don't feel well, bad about that. It was an amazing game. And that's just totally beside the point. I would have been at that game any either way I could have been. um so let's let's do what we normally do here and go in order even though we already kind of started talking about game two um as we record this the Cubs have taken the first two games from a Giants team that has been pretty tough just like we saw them back in San Francisco the difference being that the Cubs have been able to hold on to some wins in both of these games so far um Andy what did you see in game one from the Cubs well um, it was definitely a game I felt like we were win- we were going to win. Um, I just feel like, and I know we've said this a couple times, but I feel like they kind of springboarded from the game on Sunday into the series, and Tuesday was an example of that. Nicholas Castellanos, if you guys feel like you're watching a previous or listening to a previous episode, no, this is a different episode, but we're talking about the same person every episode since he's been with the Cubs. He is ridiculous. I mean, just insane. And he's been so clutch for this team at a time when they really needed him. Um, three for five. Just, I, I don't even know what to say about him anymore. He's been amazing. Rizzo had a great game three for three, scored three runs, two RBIs. Overall, a really, really good, solid offensive game as far as, um, you know, manufacturing runs, getting guys in, and the long ball. Pitching-wise, Hamels obviously left some to be desired. Still does not look all the way like himself, but he's headed in the right direction, I feel like, anyways. He only pitched six innings. He did have five strikeouts, but he gave up two home runs. So, you know, I'm not concerned about him. He'll definitely 
you know, he's, he's, he was out for a little while, was injured and he's coming back. And I think we're going to see the Cole Hamels we were seeing at the beginning of the season here shortly. So hold on. He'll be fine. Everything will be good. Kimbrell came in, did what he needed to do. And they, they took the W on this one, which was a huge relief and really good to see. Um, yeah. So you definitely started talking about a couple of things that I want to talk about there. Let's start with Nicholas Castiano. So, uh, over at Obvious Shirts, they've got some new Castiano. It's like the Castiano's collection. Uh, they revealed it late on Wednesday night. And if you've not checked these out yet, you totally should. I am currently lobbying for a women's version of the big Nick's or big stick Nick shirt. Because I feel like that has to exist. Um, just like a V-neck or like a tank top or something. Um Nicholas Castellanos has been unbelievable. And I kind of like, this is going to sound a little ridiculous and I know it. So, you know, you don't need to at me or anything, but like, how did the Cubs win baseball games before he was on the team? (laughs) (laughs) The lineup is so much better with him in the two spot. So much better, so much deeper. He hits all over the place. He hits singles. He hit. He hits for extra bases. He hits home runs. He's so good, and I. He makes this lineup so much better. And most of the time that he's been on the team, Wilson Contreras hasn't even been in the lineup. Like when you sub out, you know, Caratini or Lucroy for Contreras, all of a sudden this lineup is just fierce. Um. I was actually going to mention that because I was thinking about that while I was logging in this morning is this is a lineup that does not even have Wilson Contreras in it right now. And here is another thought that scares the bejesus out of me. And I'm sure people don't even want to hear this, but can you even imagine this team without Castellanos next year? Can you even imagine it? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that he's going to be on a tear like this forever. So I kind of can, because we didn't have him, before but I also am just sort of like he makes this lineup so much better so he has played if my count is correct and it might not be people because you know I've had like three sips of coffee um but if, if my count is correct he's played 19 games for the Chicago Cubs he has hit safely in 16 of those games and like half of those games he's not only hit safely in them he's hit like he's got multiple hits in those games. He has eight home runs since coming to the Cubs. He has another eight doubles. I mean, this guy is just on fire. It's totally insane. He's currently over the last two weeks. So that's not quite his entire time with the Cubs, but over the last two weeks, he's slashing 400, 444, 840. And I just, he, he seems like an automatic hit when he comes to the plate right now. Yeah, and and I I would never expect him to be on the tear like he is right now. I'm appreciating every at bat that we get from him, but more so, I just mean that the level of um, thinking that he brings to this game, um, to this team, as far as you know, every day is opening day. He brings a whole new energy. Oh. He is <laughs> Wait, the whole the whole every day is opening day thing. That's like amazing. Four, no, that was like bordering on like new agey ridiculous. <laughs> Did you hear his thought process a behind memory, it, A memory is a thought. Is a, I was like, what is going on? What did I stumble into? 
he is a deep individual. I'm going to give him that. I listen, if you can bring a thought process like that to every day at your job and keep in mind, this is, you know, he is, is very good at approaching this as his job, but at the same time, you know, as like a little league kid playing baseball for the first time. So I love that. I love this mentality. I love that this is his thought process. The fact that he has the cojones to say stuff like this as a grown man in the sport and to the media. I mean, come on, you got to give him a little something. I'm sure he's catching some, some crap in the, in the locker room, but I still, I think it's amazing that that's the way that he approaches every single game. And, you know, there's definitely not enough of him in this game, but I love the fact that he's on this team right now. He's doing what he's doing. And I would love to see the Cubs lock him down for a couple more years at least. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if they're going to be able to. I feel like every day that he continues on this hitting tear, his price goes up a little bit. But um, he's been great so far. And we are very happy to have you as a member of the Chicago Cubs, Nicholas Castellanos. Um the other thing you talked about from game one, I agree that Cole Hamels is just not feeling it at the moment. I'm not sure what it is. I don't think he's still injured. I His stuff just didn't look like it had that swing and miss rate that he was getting earlier in the season. And so I would like to see him turn it around if possible. I will say that, you know, it kind of felt like with the Cubs having a two-run lead, Joe Madden's circle of trust had shrunk to Kyle Ryan and Rowan Wick setting up Craig Kimbrell and I really thought that was telling um that he that was who he went to with a close game late um I am loving Rowan Wick I have like I mean I obviously anybody that does well in this bullpen right now is my friend but Rowan Wick <laughs> for whatever reason is just growing on me and he's somebody that not even four years ago was in the Cardinals minor league system playing outfield and catcher. And they like forced him into pitching. Basically you pitch or you're gone. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that they forced his hand on that because he definitely looks fantastic. He's got the stuff. He's a big dude and he's becoming more and more trustworthy with every appearance that he has. And, and I, I'm really liking him. I'm, I'm appreciating what he's doing. I think you just thanked the Cardinals for something. Uh, it will be kind of interesting if Rowan Wick, <laughs> oh, I did tonight. From the Cardinal system, wound up being the demise of Cardinals people. Oh my gosh, Andy! I don't know if you saw this on Facebook yesterday, but a friend of mine, who, a good running friend of mine, who also happens to be a Cardinals fan, and has not said a single word to me about baseball all season until yesterday. Yesterday, uh, tried to come at me with this whole like who's in first place business. In the like one hour <laughs> before the Cardinals were no longer in first place. It was outstanding. <laughs> okay. So I'm telling you, and I say this all the time and people take notes. You do not talk smack about stuff like that because here we are <laughs> Thursday morning and the Cubs are in first place by themselves. So <laughs> do not talk smack. It always comes back to bite you. Unless you're playing the game and have any control over what happens, you are not allowed to do that. I mean, you can if you want to, but you better hope I don't keep receipts because if I do, you're going to hear it. <laughs> the other person who's really on fire right now that you mentioned is Anthony Rizzo. He, uh, I, I think that playing in the Little League Classic was exactly what Anthony Rizzo needed. He... Looks like he's having a blast right now. 
Uh, he's hit four home runs um, in the last two weeks, kind of bump, like busting out of his power uh, outage. And he's currently slashing 351, 520, 730. And I feel like anytime you have a two-week period where your on-base percentage is over 500, good things are happening. Yeah, he just, he looks like the Rizzo that we know and love, you know? Like, I hated seeing him for that long stretch when he was struggling with his power and everything else. And you, you'd see him hit, like, a soft grounder or a line out or something that you just knew he was so frustrated. And, and I just, I always hate when the camera pans to him and you can see him, like, throw his helmet down and he's kind of talking to himself and you just see the look of disgust on his face. You always just feel bad because you know he's a good hitter. You know he's going to come back around. It's going to happen. And you just feel his frustration with him. So it's really good to see him smiling and having fun and, and hitting the ball really well and um hitting it far and and hitting it all over the place it's so it's so good to see and knowing that this team is kind of you know kind of rides his his highs and lows right now is such a great time and I just hope they save some for like September (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm not worried about this team getting fired up in September I think that they're uh, I I have a lot of faith that they're going to be able to keep it going in September um, all right, let's talk about this re- absolutely ridiculous second game with the Giants. <laughs> I'm still so mad that you went to this game. Like I, ugh, this game was amazing. I would have loved to have been there. Okay, what a so fun this, time. this is actually a perfect example of why you should say yes to things, even when sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I should say yes to something. Um, because sometimes good things happen. I'm sure I would have been kicking myself if I was sitting on my couch watching that game, knowing that I could have gone and seen it in person. Um, and so I'm really glad that I went, but even as late as um, I was trying to finish up a project at my non Cubs writing job uh, before I went out of town. And so I got out of work way later than I normally do. When I go to a game, I walked in like right as they were like singing the national anthem, I could hear it. Um, as like, like starting, (laughs) I was getting to the gate and I'm like, am I supposed to go through security or am I supposed to stop? Like, what do you do? Right. Um, and so anyway, I, I stopped for those of you who were wondering, but I, it was one of those sort of like last minute things, you know what I mean? And I was really excited to go. Um, I'm really glad that I went. Holy roller coaster ride of a baseball game. Like I, I am. So one of my like visuals that I love about wild games like this are the win probability added charts that Fangraphs does. And I'm going to tweet one out here from the Cup of Cubby Blue account in just a second, but this literally looks like a roller coaster ride <laughs> in terms of who was going supposed to win this game at any point in time. Andy, what were you thinking about this game? Holy cow. So there were six, six, two run home runs hit in this game six that is insane that's like a full week of baseball for most teams I mean in one game it's crazy it's absolutely crazy so I will say you know we've been very high on Darvish uh, the second half of the season since well actually since July he's been amazing he He still hasn't walked anyone yeah I was just gonna say he has not walked anybody he only pitched five and a third but he was still I mean he still struck out eight you know, he did give up six earned runs, but listen, I, 
if the team can pull out the win, I'm not going to nitpick. It would have been nice to see a strong Darvish go. Like I said, I would love to have seen him go seven, eight innings, but our bullpen was fine. I mean, you know, a couple, a couple of earned runs out of our bullpen, it was okay. We managed to come back. Now it's okay because we won. I would have been singing a different song if they did not have. They would not have. But Darvish was fine. I mean, it it was one of those games. If this was his bad game out of all the starts he's had, I'll take it. I will totally take it. Well, see, I, I don't know if it was his bad game. So he had a game like this, if you remember, two starts ago where he only gave up four hits, but it was like three home runs and – it wasn't great. And the Cubs actually wound up losing that game. I mean, I am a little concerned that Darvish, I'm concerned about two things with you Darvish after last night. The first is that he really does seem to be in like, I'm going to strike you out or give up a home run type of mode. There was a lot of good contact that the Giants were making off you Darvish last night. Um, But more importantly, I think I was a little bit worried about the fact that after he made that air in the sixth inning, he just seemed to lose it. And I don't know if they showed this on television, but as he kind of walked, started walking back to the mound, it looked like somebody um, was coming up behind him, like to, you know, give him like a pat on the butt and just be like, hey, it's okay. And he like threw the ball. He just kind of flung it into the dirt, almost like... I don't want to call it a tantrum because that's an overstatement, but he was so furious at himself for making that error. And it was like, you just knew he had lost it and he didn't record another out. And I hate that that mentality kind of sticks to him. You know what I mean? And I I particularly hated it last night because he hadn't walked anybody. He'd given up a couple of home runs, but you know, the crowd was so into what he was doing. Every time he struck somebody out, there were these very loud you chants after about the second strikeout, people were so into it. And then to have it fall apart like that so fast was really, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah. And that is a characteristic that has stuck with him. I think, you know, we see it obviously more in games where he personally does something or something happens with him. Um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it was a problem for a while, and, and I felt like it was one of those things that it was kind of a, a, the, a case of the yips, a different version of the yips, if you will. Um, but I don't – I'm still not – it's still not something that is is jumping out at me as something to be concerned about. I feel like he has – he's been his own worst critic at times. That start that you were talking about, you remember he actually – said some curse words to a reporter about his start and how he didn't like what, what had happened and how he needs to be better and everything else. So I kind of feel like maybe he has grown a little bit as a person and how he is dealing with that stuff. And I don't, I guess it remains to be seen on his next start on how he recovers from that. It's, I don't like that he didn't record another out after that. I was really hoping that he would to kind of get over that hump, but at the same time, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not as concerned. I guess we'll wait and see what happens with his next start, but really it it just wasn't something that I was like, Oh no, here we go again. It was more of a, okay, that's, you had, you had a mistake, you know, you kind of lost your, your flow, you lost your rhythm, but now you need to go think about what had, what happened this game, figure out what you need to do different. Um, Obviously his pitch selection is being questioned by some people, but I think we'll see a different Darvish again in the next outing. And I think that's, what's been great about him is you kind of see him growing 
as a person and with his confidence and demeanor on the mound. So hopefully we see that again at his next start. Yeah, I, I hope he can shake it off before his next start. I mean, this this no walk streak he streak he's currently on is incredible. He's literally only walked two batters since July first, and he hasn't walked any in his last five games, which is completely ridiculous. And and his strikeout stuff, his swing and miss stuff is still incredibly good. I mean, you alluded to the fact that you Darvish was just not having some of the criticism that he was getting from Kaplan on Twitter last night after the game. I mean, this is the danger of hot takes at, with this team at the moment, people. There are a couple of Cubs who, if you come at them for their pitch selection or you try to second guess their decision, they may show up in your mentions. <laughs> Well, and I always, I joke about this, but this is a hundred percent true. I do not, I'm not able to put professional baseball player on my resume, nor am I able to put anything related to, to professional baseball. I talk about it because I love it and I watch the game, but there's people that do that, that think they should probably be in positions of power or they know more than these players do. I would never, ever put myself in that boat. Like that is not a cross I want to die on. Like, no, no, no. You guys are the <laughs> professionals. You know what you're doing. I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, there's certain moves, managerial moves and stuff like that, that I may question, but I will never question pitch selection, how you approach a batter, that stuff. That's you. You get paid the millions of dollars to do that. You do what you got to do. So that, yeah, that was not a good argument to start. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and, you know, in Kaplan's defense, he like had some stuff out there about um, research that they had looked at that showed that you Darvish really relies on off-speed pitches and a two-strike count. And he was wondering if maybe that was a little too predictable. Darvish kind of hit back with, all of the stats on what people are doing against his off-speed stuff. I retweeted this from my account if you're interested in taking a look at it. He also, I, I hadn't realized that apparently Kevin Pilar was the first person or the first right-handed batter to hit uh, Darvish's litter this season, which that's absurd. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. That's real crazy. Uh Anyway, so I, I thought it, I thought it was sort of amusing. You know, Darvish clearly wasn't happy with his performance last night, um, but it worked out okay because the Cubs bats just kept coming back. They were relentless, and that I really thought was great to see. Particularly Chris Bryant delivering the final blow with a two-run home run late, which you know, frankly, <laughs> I kind of laugh about this at the moment. People, he's had these like rumors of like he's not clutch or whatever follow him around. And I I just, I don't think it's true. I don't think that the stats in 2019 back that up at all. I think he's been pretty good with runners and scoring position and two outs, um, particularly in 2019, but absolutely recently, there's been a couple of times that we've been talking about how clutch Chris Bryan is. So keep, I would keep that take to yourself as well. <laughs> yeah. I know there was another game that, uh, that, that, same opinion came up that, you know, and you people still don't think that Chris Bryant is clutch. There was something that he did at the end of a game and I can't remember what it was, but um, yeah, I, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's Chris Bryant, just like every other baseball player in this long season, he has his ups and downs, but to say that he's not clutch or whatever it is that people are saying about him, you know, if it's, if it's not good, it's not true. I'm telling you, this kid is, he's, he's crazy good. And he comes through at times like this and 
I just, people focus, they like to focus so much on the negative. I mean, he is having a killer year and for there still to be people talking badly about him or poorly about him or not in the best light is to me, is just mind blowing. Other than his hair, there is nothing bad you can say about this kid. <laughs> the hair is not great, but I mean, I'm reticent to ask him to change it. Cause what if it's like Samson? <laughs> Like he changes his hair and then like he like can't hit a home run ever again or I don't know. No, we we don't touch the hair during the season, but we can definitely talk about it because there is something there to talk about. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Well tell us what your problems are with Chris Bryant's hair, Andy. I mean, other than the animal that hangs out of his helmet when he has it on, I I mean he fixes it nicely. I, I there's just too much. I understand what he's trying to do, but you got it's got to be a little shorter. Like I, I, I don't know what's happening back there. It's kind of yeah, scary. It's like, a, it's like a mullet, and it, it's, it's it's like it's a way great. too long mullet. It's like a full fledged <laughs> like 1980s mullet, not like a 2019 mullet. Like there is a difference. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's like the mullet is a little out of control, just a little. Um, yeah, I could French braid that mullet. Oh God, please. Ew, that's kind of no. No. <laughs> um, so other parts of this game, I mean, Nicholas Castellanos, who we already talked about, but he went four for five in this game, and there's no way that the Cubs win this game uh, if he doesn't have that type of game. It felt like every time I turned around, he was on base. He hit a home run, got a bunch of singles. Um, he is just, yeah, he's just doing his thing right now, and it's it's outstanding. Yeah, I, I have to make a confession and people can totally laugh at me and I'm fine with it, but I am not a person that loves gold and I, I blame my upbringing for that because a lot of adults that I was around growing up were a lot of gold. So I just didn't like gold ever. I have started wearing a gold chain, people. I have. It's cute. It's not like a Cassiano's gold chain, but I've say, started wearing <laughs> No. I was going to say not, this no. chain would be like... It would look- no, I don't know, like an no. old Run DMC video or something. No, 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 no. It's cute. It's a cute, dainty gold chain. But I, I've started wearing gold nonetheless. So you've inspired me, Nicholas Castellanos. I expect to see you in a Cubs uniform for a little while longer anyways. <laughs> um, okay, so we are not uh, recording this after the third game in this series, but we we are going to talk about it a little bit later today, this afternoon. Jeff Samarja, former Cub, will face off against Kyle Hendricks. Um, what are you looking for in this game, Andy? Well, I mean, this this series already is um, pretty fantastic as far as I'm concerned. You know, we've already taken – we've already won the series, which we're at home, so we're expected to do. Um, but it would be really nice to go ahead and finish this off. We have a half-game lead right now in the Central, and the Cardinals play tonight, I believe. So it, it would be – great for Hendricks to come out and do his professor type things and you know us to to go ahead and and get some offense going early against Samarja I know he has been tough and it's you know it's not going to be an easy assignment but I definitely can see these guys riding the the adrenaline from last night and and really wanting to finish off this series I mean Going coming up against Washington is not going to be the easiest series. Those guys are hot, hot coming into Wrigley, and you know. So I think it, it probably in our best best bet to go ahead and sweep this series and hopefully get a really great performance from Hendricks. Um, 
I don't know that it needs to be dominant, but at least, you know, keep this, keep the offense down for, for nine more innings anyways, till they get out of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. And then on the flip side, we will talk about this nationals team that comes into Wrigley field this weekend to close out the homestead. All right. Uh, and we're back. So Hoping that the Cubs sweep the Giants because it does not get any easier with the Nationals coming to Wrigley, as Andy talked about right before the break. Uh, what are you worried about with this Nationals team, Andy? Steven Strasburg. Okay, tell um, me more. Yeah, he's. it looks like he's game two of the series. Um, Probably. So I'm showing game three, actually. Okay. Um, I – and – just so people know, the probable pitching matchups on MLB have not been all the way updated for either the Cubs or the Nationals. But my handy-dandy fantasy site says that Strasburg is is going on Sunday and that uh, Joe Ross will be pitching on Saturday with Annabelle Sanchez taking the opener. That that could obviously be wrong. It could go, you know, one of those could flip or something. Um, but, yeah, w- what are you looking at with Strasburg? He's just been ridiculous this year. And if we have any hopes of winning that series, we definitely have to take games one and two. Um, I I don't like to be negative Nancy or anything like that, but I, I just, it, it's that's a really, really tough assignment for anybody in our lineup to go against a Strasburg who right now has 191 strikeouts. He's 15 and five with a 3.65 ERA. So, you know, long are long gone are the days of you know two sub two ERAs, but that three six five don't let that fool you. Like he has been ridiculous. Um, he is still human, so you know stranger things have happened. And I've always loved this team against some of Washington's tougher pitching. But you know, you know, you just you you want to be prepared for him to mow through our lineup because that's what he's been doing to teams this year. So um really I want to take games one and two and then just see how three fares if that's how the pitching matchups are going to go. I think that Washington is so hot right now. I think they just lost a game yesterday though. Um it, it's just one of those things where two hot teams are gonna collide and we'll see, you know, what happens. I really hope the offense can hold on and, and give us a few more home games um, with with maybe not as much theatrics because I don't know if my anxiety level can handle that. But other than that, it just really would like to see some production as far as not always, you know, we don't always have to hit the long ball. It's fun and exciting and everything else, but I really like to see us grind out some runs, you know, good base running, solid defense, just all around good baseball and and just continue to play that ball, especially against a team like Washington where you can't make any mistakes because they're going to make you pay. Yeah, they're eight and two over their last 10 games. They've put themselves right back into the playoff picture. They actually have a wild card lead at the moment. If the wild card game were held tomorrow, the Nationals would have the top spot and home field in that game. And it's kind of crazy because they looked like a team that was just not going anywhere earlier in the season. And they have definitely roared back with a vengeance. Um, Cole Hamels will face up against Steven Strasburg for that game on Sunday, which will be an afternoon game. These are all afternoon games actually. Um, So lots of day baseball for you traditionalists out there. 
Uh, the first matchup in the series will be Annabelle Sanchez versus John Lester on Friday. And then it looks like Joe Ross and Jose Quintana, at least according to my fantasy site, on Saturday. Um, I think that I agree with you at the first two pitching matchups there look better, but you never know. Baseball could baseball. And it's going to be interesting. Both of these teams are on a nice roll. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, in terms of batters that I am keeping an eye on during this series, Anthony Rendon has been really, really hot lately. He's hitting three, he's slashing 323, 402, 607 at the moment. And um, Juan Soto is also, I mean, he's just been really, really good lately. Actually, I just realized that my filter came off and those are season numbers. So let me get that down to the last two weeks. Anthony Rendon still hot, even hotter, 389, 411, <laughs> 667. So it's not like I told any falsehoods in that last statement. I just needed to bump the numbers up a bit. Um, Adam Eaton also completely on fire, slashing 395, 519, 814, with a WRC plus of 231 over his last two weeks. And Juan Soto, uh, who I mentioned before, is also just really out of this world right now, 333, 423, 867. I mean, these numbers are absurd for a two-week time period. And the fact that they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players who are all, all have at least 20 plate appearances and a WRC plus in that period over 140 is kind of ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that is definitely a very hot team coming into Wrigley. So Hopefully uh, they decide to cool off a little bit on their way over to Chicago. I mean, it's got to happen at some point, right? You, you right. don't ride those streaks forever. So it might as well be this weekend. What I'm saying is nationals. Now would be a great time <laughs> for y'all to be just a tiny bit um, less out of control. Uh, in terms of the Cubs, we already talked about both Nicholas Castellanos and Anthony Rizzo, who look really great right now. But don't sleep on KB, y'all. KB is um, hitting really well over the last two weeks. He's slashing 283, 377, 587 with a WRC plus of 146. Um, those are the batters I am looking out for during this series. Is there anybody else that you're particularly interested in, Andy? Um. I mean, just the usual suspects, obviously, um, you know, I, I'm still keeping a steady eye on Hap and just watching what opportunities he's given and what he does with those, again, especially against a, um, a pitching matchup like Strasburg. It'll be interesting to see if he's in there on Sunday because, you know, you're going to see that kind of pitching in the playoffs. And, you know, from my recollection, Hap has never really fared well in, in playoff baseball as far as the pitching matchups are concerned. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on him. I just hope everybody that's hot right now stays hot, um, at least, you know, has a couple of good solid games. You know, Nicholas Castellanos, obviously, I hope he continues to show up the way that he is. Jason Hayward, maybe catch a little fire. Just overall, I think this team, I, I'm so excited. If you're not loving this time of baseball, you're crazy because I live for this time. And this is, it's maddening and it's nuts and there's a tight race and it's going to go all the way to the last week of September. So, you know what, enjoy every minute of it because there's teams that don't get to to watch games and watch players like we do. So appreciate it because this is, it's crazy, but it's fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's shaping up to be a solid uh, month and a half of absolutely insane playoff atmosphere baseball to cap off the 2019 regular season and hopefully push the Cubs into a playoff race. And we will have all of that coverage here on at Cup of Cubby Blue. As always, you can follow our Twitter account at Cup of Cubby Blue. You can follow me. I'm at BCB underscore Sarah or Andy at BRYZ underscore Blue on Twitter. And we are talking about the Cubs pretty much all the time. Um, we will be back on Sunday afternoon for to record after this national series, and hopefully the home Cubs stay the home Cubs and take uh, two out of three at least there from the Nationals. We will talk to you again on Sunday. Until then, have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.